This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 915 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from the Dressage Radio Show. Co-hosts Reese Kofler-Stanfield and Philip Parks answer a listener question about knowing when you and your horse just are not a good fit, and it's time to break up. And we'll get right to our tip after this message from EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm back with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. This week, I'm going to be featuring the Micklum Bridle. It comes in two types, the Micklum Competition and the Multi Bridle. The Competition Bridle is the one I'm going to mostly talk about today. You can use it in uh, in showing, but the main thing I want to talk about is the fact that this is a very equine-friendly bridle. The entire design is put together for the horse's benefit and comfort. Um, the top of the bridle, the pole area, is um, it's it's wider and it's designed to um, take pressure off the pole. It's uh, a little bit lower on the cheeks, so it takes the pressure off of the that area right underneath the eyes where the um, some of the um, uh, nerve points come out, and it also is like a crank noseband, but it's not so low, so you don't actually, you know, a lot of times when you crank down a noseband, you there's some the, some nerves down there that your horse's uh, muzzle completely gets numb, and yep. you can almost always tell that when you take your bridle off, if your horse is scratching his nose on his leg, it's because he's just now getting feeling back into his nose. It also will protect the little pointy, I'm sure all of your listeners have seen skulls, uh, horse skulls, the little fragile nose bones, the little pointy ones at the top, it protects those. And it's you can also use it without the bit or you can use it with the bit. So it's very, very multi-use. The competition one is um, is approved. It also now comes in black, so that's um, made a whole new life for, for Micklum's been around a while, but it's a whole new life for the, these because now it comes in black, so you can use it on your uh, with your dress, black dressage tack. The um, the multi-purpose one has a little uh, ring for uh, so you can lunge. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can use with this bridle. It's uh, less than two hundred dollars. And you get several different um, types of bridles out of it, and um, you will really be doing your horse a big favor. When you buy this bridle, it comes with this information packet, um, a lot of information about how and why to use it. Um, Highly recommend it. Everybody here is getting one. And I'll tell you what, we had William Micklem on uh, the show on Horses in the Morning last week. It was on January the 4th. We had him on talking about the bridle and why it was so good. He was at the American Equestrian Trade Association show. We got to interview him in person. And then we had him on the following day talking about his breeding program of some of the most famous uh, vent horses in the world. So you can find that all over at horsesinthemorning.com as well. But you can buy the bridle, more importantly, at Equestrian 
EquestrianCollections.com. Just search for Micklem, M-I-C-K-L-E-M, at EquestrianCollections.com. Well, this is a listener question from Vera that we have been trying to answer for the last month. So I'm glad we're going to get some time. This is a great question. And Philip, can you read the question for us? Okay. Um, Actually, I was talking to Vera at a show last summer and she um, discussed this topic with me. And you know what? It just kind of, I I was, you know, not, uh, I was in show mode and then I totally kind of forgot about it. And I'm so glad that she wrote it. The question is how to decide that the horse rider combination is not compatible. When is the line between you should try harder and, uh, and this will never work out? Where's the line between those two things? How to prevent oneself from sinking into I am no good as a rider and and it's, you know, I mean, when we talk about, that's, that's the question, so I'll just get a little bit to it here. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But um, I, know, I know that we talk a lot as trainers about, you know, we should we should always kind of blame the rider for all the problems. But I think Vera makes a good point that sometimes um, the combination is not all that compatible. So I guess we should just, you know, kind of discuss this a little bit. What are our thoughts on it? And uh, and maybe you can get us get us started, get, get us going here, Reese. Sure. I mean, I think this is a great question. And this this does happen. Absolutely. It happens not only with horses. I mean, well, there's a lot of different components to the horses. You know, there's your barn and your facility and your staff and the trainer and the rider. And, you know, there are times, and and I like to bring this back to thinking about when you were in school, there's times where you don't like a school that you go to. You just don't. And I can't imagine that horses and or riders don't feel the same way. So I think when you start thinking about it that way, there's a lot of things when a horse and rider combination look like they're not working. There's a lot of things you got to step back and you've got to evaluate because sometimes it is the horse just doesn't like the rider. I have had that happen where I have had absolutely no trouble with the horse. I put other people on the horse and the owner comes to ride the horse and the horse pins its ears and he just, it's very obvious that that horse does not like that rider. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And I think sometimes, you know, you have to evaluate why maybe does that horse not like that rider? Is it something that we can fix? For example, is it the rider's, I don't know, just an example, bumpy hands or bumpy seat? Or does the horse not like, if the horse is a real kind of lazy horse, does it not like its type A rider? Or so there's there's a lot of different factors there on why people aren't compatible with horses. Um, you know, when it when I have that situation happen, I always check the tack. You know, does the saddle fit? Are they getting pinched? Uh, you know, you've got to check all of those things. Has has the horse seen the vet? Does that rider take enough time to bond with that horse? I think sometimes um, that's something that doesn't happen. You know, you don't spend some extra time with the horse. So sometimes that'll help if you bond. Um, I've had horse and rider combinations where I've had to think out of the box and bring in, uh, we have the Lexington Mounted Police and they come in and, and they do different exercises working with horse and rider from the ground, desensitization and, and lots of different things. So sometimes I'll bring them in and, and see if that kind of changes it up when, when the rider has to do something different with the horse. And, and, and so, so that's kind of my thing, Phil. I mean, I think that 
there's a lot of times when that's happening that you really have to stop and evaluate, um, you know, or, or does the horse not like the facility or does the horse not like the amount of turnout or, uh, you know, sometimes you got to switch it up a little to see what's happening. And, and I think sometimes though, it's just like a marriage. Sometimes it just isn't going to work. And I think that after you've sort of exhausted all of that and maybe tried a trainer, maybe two trainers, uh, you know, maybe then, then it is time maybe to sell that horse and, and move on for the horse and for the rider. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I like it. You know, there's their horses have personalities and, and, you know, people have personalities and sometimes they just clash. It doesn't mean that the rider is terrible or that the horse is terrible. It's just, it's just something that happens. It, um, you know, I, I think if it uh, if it's a problem that's newly developed, I think you have to look for the symptoms, you know, like if, there's, if it's symptoms of an issue. But uh, otherwise, then, um, you know, you have to have, you know, a really good discussion with your trainer because, you know, they're your eyes on the ground and, and are there to guide you and, and have ideas. And, um, you know, but if you're feeling this way and you're not discussing it with anyone, that's that's a bit of a problem, right? So I think... You know, you shouldn't. You, you can't always put all the blame on yourself um, for for sometimes these issues and and these problems, and and that maybe you know the horse would be happier and you would be happier if the horse was a, a, with a different rider. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's okay. I, I think yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's okay. I mean, I think some people it's really devastating, and 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 I've had horses that have come in for training that I've had to say, listen, you know, I maybe try another rider or two on them thinking maybe. Yeah. So I, even as trainers, sometimes we get horses in that just aren't going to work in the program. Sometimes they yeah. get clients in <laughs> that aren't <laughs> going to work in the program, but and, and I'm not working for them either. And I think as I've gotten maybe more mature in my training, you know, I've, I've recognized that I've learned that doesn't mean I'm a bad trainer. It doesn't mean that the person's a bad person or horse is bad. It's just maybe not the right chemistry or the right combination. And, you know, then certainly we try to do as much as we can to eliminate that. But, you know, I think sometimes that can happen. So um, to step back and it's nobody's fault. It's nobody trying to, to do anything. It's just not the right match. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, if you say yourself, you know, given enough time and given a, a really good effort and you're having an open dialogue with your trainer about this, you know, maybe they can, you know, maybe the trainer can suggest a clinic to go to to say, you know what? We need some ideas. We need some different input. That's you know. That's why there's there is a, a family, a group, you know, a group of trainers mm -hmm. that you know, like I can, you know, I could talk to Reese about a particular problem and and saying like this is kind of what's going on, Reese. What do you what do you think about this? Or you know that you can look at a horse and rider combination for me and say, is it really like is this really not working? You know, just to just to get a third party perspective to get to to kind of you know give an idea about what's you know, what could help and, and, and when it is time to kind of move on and, and, you know, break up as it were, you know, between horse and rider and, and do your best to find that horse a person or a job. Some, you know, sometimes horses don't like dressage. Yeah. Right. Or, or don't like jumping. I mean, it, it, yeah. yeah. Or don't like jumping or, or you know, they, I think we have to be responsible enough to, to think about the health and mental welfare of the horse to to find the right training or the right job or that that everybody's going to be happy and so you know uh, i think if if you're talking about you know years of having this kind of issue that's that's way 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 too long and nobody's gonna nobody's having a great time so 
I think, you know, you got to figure these things out within the span of months to, to uh, get things on the right track, you know, exactly. not spin your tires too long and, and waste a lot of, you know, a lot of time and a lot of money too. It's, yeah, it's not cheap, absolutely. right? No, it's, it's not, not cheap. cheap to be getting lessons and lessons and nothing's going anywhere and everybody's frustrated. Um, you know, creative ideas, try and figure mm-hmm. it out, different perspectives. Yeah. Do your best to make everybody happy, you know? And then I think that sort of moves us into the second part of that question, which is kind of when do you know, you know, that, that maybe this horse, it's not, that it's too hard or it's not just the rider. And I think that there does become a point with some horses where um, it maybe is too hard. You know, it's just like um, I can train and train and train, but I am not going to be an Olympic sprinter. It's right. just not going to happen. I mean, I could, I could attempt it and I right. could train really hard, but I am not going to make it to the Olympics as a runner. Uh, if anybody see me run, I'm just not. And, and I think that I always approach it with my students to think about, you know, athletes, you've got your elementary school athlete, then you have your middle school athlete, then you have your high school athlete, your college athlete, your pro athlete, and then your elite pro, which is the Olympic team athlete. And, you know, it, it, I played basketball in middle school. I was not good enough to play basketball in high school, you know, and, and I think it's the same with horses. You really have to say, okay, you know, I think there's natural progressions in training. You know, can I get that, this horse to second level? Can I get this horse to fourth level? Will this right. horse be an FEI horse? Right. Right. And I, yeah, I mean, I think there's just times where the horse and it's not, and it's not a bad, it's not bad. It's just, what is the limit of that horse and when does it become, you know, pushing that horse physically over what they're capable of doing. And, right. you know, when I hung yeah, up my basketball tough. career, yeah, I mean, I hung up my basketball <laughs> career cause I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it <laughs> yeah. or without massive training. And, and, you know, I mean, and it wasn't fun for me anymore. I, I wanted yeah, to ride horses. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when every, you know, when every little thing becomes this huge effort, then it's not that much fun for a horse or, or a rider. So, yeah, you know, be creative, try and figure it out, you, you know, and again, you know, seek a professional for, mm-hmm. for lots of advice because, um, and you know, not, we don't all have the right answers, but we try and, we try and figure it out and, and uh, try a few different things and, and get a couple of opinions. It's great that, you know, you send your question in to us and, and we can, you know, give you a little bit of information and a little bit what we think. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of avenues now, right? With, with Oh, um, absolutely. And I think, I think the other thing that we haven't mentioned is, is listen to your horse. You know, listen yeah. to your horse. If you listen to them, they will tell you. I think sometimes we get blocked with our own dreams and ambitions and, oh, I just need one more score. And the horse says, I just can't do it or, right. or whatever. I think if you really listen to your horse, they'll tell you what they can do and what they can't do. Um, you know, and, and a lot of evaluation and, and, and training. And like I said, sometimes trainers, I'll call Philip when I have an issue and I'll, I'll send him a video and say, Hey, what do you think? And, you know, there's again, lots of avenues. Um, and, and, but at the end of the day, you know, think about it as horses are athletes, we're athletes. And, um, it's, it's like as an athlete, if you want to step it to up to the pre St. George level, there is a level of fitness and commitment that you have to do and, and all that good stuff. And it's the same for the horses. 
Um, but they aren't out there for fun sometimes. Sometimes right. they're out there because right. we're asking them to, and they're good souls and they do it. So, so that's, that's sort of well, my two good. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Vera, that helps you answer your question or anybody else that's kind of in, a, in that kind of situation. You can, uh, um, you know, you've got to be creative sometimes, I think. Yeah. And if uh, we can always, you know, send your listener questions. We love these. these. This is a great topic to discuss, and we love any time we can to help. Yeah, so and uh, we've had listeners send us video, and we've kind of looked at video and and try, you know, try to give our little, you know, our best opinion on what's what's going on in the video. So that's also another option. You know, with all this great technology, we can really stay in touch and stay close and and talk about this stuff. Well, there you go. If you enjoyed Reese and Philip chatting about all things dressage, you can tune in every week at dressageradio.com, and you can also find lots more tips on topics ranging from barn care to websites for horse people at horsetipdaily.com. Just look for the Topics drop-down menu on the left. And you can have every single one of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our new free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of EquestrianCollections.com. And don't forget, EquestrianCollections.com can ship internationally through its innovative Bongo program. Check them out, EquestrianCollections.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.